least make sure everybody is close enough to grab a copy of this. Because today's message on January 1st, 2023, is uh, all part of a challenge that I'm going to challenge you to. And if you're reading the top of this, you already know what the challenge is. It says one year Bible. Also says online.com. But really, we're just focusing on the one year Bible. Uh, this is a chart. This is a graph that I've used since I was 14 or 15. Uh, that if you read these readings every day that are listed here today, Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 225, Matthew, a Psalm, a Proverb. If you read that every day, you will have read through the entire Bible. Uh, by December 31st, 2023, you will have read the book of Psalm uh, twice. You go through that twice because you read one every day. Sometimes it's broken up with the longer ones. I mean, it's about 15 to 20 minutes of reading every day. And I'm telling you, this will change your life. Not just because you'll be forming a good habit reading, but because this is the book that is not like other books. This is the book that is alive. It is active. When this gets on the inside of you, it does something that other books just doesn't do. And I've talked to more of you than ever this year where, where you've approached me and you know who you are and you have said, hey, how do I get myself to the place where I am jumping into the word every day? There's some of us in here, and this is not condemnation whatsoever, there's some of you who have never had a daily Bible reading routine in your life. And, and there's no condemnation but it's like, uh, it's not like, it's like living an unhealthy lifestyle where like no one's sitting here saying like, get healthy or, or pay the price, blah, 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 right? You make your own choices and you get to do what you want. But why wouldn't you just live healthy? Why wouldn't you just take the words of life and put them on the inside of you every day and see the changes? It changed my life when I was 15 and I decided to start reading the Bible every day. And like a lot of you, my thoughts were, I don't know where to start. Uh, I guess I could have started in Genesis chapter 1, right? But even then, you, you, you get into some, some chapters that are just endless uh, begats and begats. And it's like, is that, is that all I'm going to read today? Well, this is a great study because every day you read a little Old Testament, a little New Testament, a psalm and a proverb, and it will change your life. Will you read the Bible every day with this and, and get some powerful revelation that redirects your life or that or it's like a lightning bolt hitting you honestly probably not probably not every day you might not get this instant download lightning bolt revelation but putting the word inside of you is not really supposed to be like that there's there's there is uh there is this is the book of life and every word in it is powerful there are moments though that you'll be reading on a wednesday morning and this will speak to the exact thing you're going through. And all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. And then that day, it'll be like lightning revelation. The other days, it's just going to be like a healthy diet. You might not see an instant 10 pounds fall off. But it's about the lifestyle. It's about continually putting this on the inside of you. And let me tell you, if you put entertainment on the inside of you every day, if that includes social media, uh, TV, movies, anything like that. If you intake entertainment every day, man, intake the word every day. It, it, today's the best day to start because it's the first. You can go home and get this thing started. Start tomorrow morning and, and, and you'll open it up today and you'll read about creation. And you might be reading the creation story and see something you've never seen before. 
You, you might read it says uh, that, that God separated the day from the night, the light from the darkness. And you might think, what does that mean? Like the light and the darkness were one at one point? I don't even know what that means. Maybe we can never comprehend that in our humanity. But we start thinking about it. And the next thing he did was separate the waters. And, and, and the way he separated the waters was by putting something he called the sky in between the waters. And then you'll start thinking about it. So wait, was all of everything just in water and then God separated? I don't know, but we start thinking about it. And then tomorrow, you're going to wake up and you're going to read about Adam and Eve and about the fall of man. And, and, and you'll read about Eve uh, falling to temptation, Adam falling to temptation, and then a loving merciful God showing up and instantly tomorrow in Genesis chapter 3 you're going to see the first mention of Jesus he's going to show up maybe it's chapter 4 I'm sorry but God's going to show up and he's going to say to the serpent you're going to crawl on your belly from now on and then he looks and says and the seed of a woman will crush your head and tomorrow morning you're going to say oh my gosh back in the, in Genesis within the first dawn of creation that was already a plan in place for my redemption. Then you're going to turn to the New Testament and you're going to read in Matthew about that baby being born. And you're going to say, oh my gosh, and, and here it is. He was just a mention. Started with a word in the beginning of Genesis. And now I'm here reading in the book of Matthew about this child who tomorrow you'll read about him uh, getting lost in the synagogue while his parents start making their way back home. And they say, where's Jesus? And he's 12 years old in the temple teaching the priest. They're astounded by what this 12-year-old boy knows and his relationship with the Lord. And then you'll be here on a Sunday, and you'll hear me mention something, and you'll be like, I know where he got that. That was in our reading this week, and we'll be on the same page. It'll be great. But this will change your life. The Word, according to the book of John, existed before time began. It was there in the beginning. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Jesus is the Word in human form. The Word was with God. The Word was God. As you read this, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, it is what Paul called in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, renewing your mind. And here's what he said about renewing your mind. If you don't on purpose renew your mind to the things of God, to the Word, then your mind will default to thinking and acting the way the world acts. That's not what we want. I mean, how many of us want to be in crisis every moment of every day? Because that's what the world does. And if you're not in crisis, if things are going good, I promise you the world is going to try and get you there because that's how they make money. When you panic, the world makes money. But we are not a people who are called to panic. We are a people who live in a kingdom that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we are aware of that, when we're aware that, that these words haven't changed it, since the beginning of time, that what the Lord said uh, millions of years ago, 6,000 years ago, is still just as true today, that we don't have to change because the world changes, that we don't have to change our way of thinking because the world says we're changing our way of thinking now. No, we keep renewing our mind to the Word, and you're going to see your life line up with the life of Jesus like never before. Like, don't get me wrong. Worship and prayer are two of the most important things in your life. They are vital disciplines of the Christian faith. However, just like worship is not a replacement for prayer, prayer is not a replacement for worship, neither are a replacement for getting the word in your life. How many times have we uh, 
have thought to ourselves, I need something, I need revelation, I need God to help me with something, I'm just going to go worship, I'm going to go pray. We've all thought that, but I'm telling you, 90% of the time, the answer is going to be in getting into the Word. It's going to be in getting into the Word. That is where you begin to find answers. That is when you begin to, to build your house upon the rock that's not shaken during the storms. That's what the Word is. That is what the Word is. So I'm going to challenge you. Get into this. Take time, especially, especially if you in your life right now don't pick up the Bible every day and read it. Start with this. Start with this one-year Bible plan. And if you do read every day, man, this is just a 15, 20-minute edition. And you know what? It's going to spark something in you. You're going to read something, and you're going to say, man, that sounds like uh, something I heard in the New Testament. You're going to start turning the Bible, doing studies for yourself before you know it. You're going to be like a Bible scholar walking around, knowing the Word of God, responding with the Word of God. That's how Jesus responded. If you look at the temptation that Jesus received from, from the devil, Jesus responded with the Word every time. He responded with the Word every time. You've got to know the Word to respond with the Word, right? If you respond within yourself, good luck. You may or may not respond well, right? I'm saying that about myself. I may or may not respond well. It depends on so many things. It depends on where my mind's at. It depends on, let's just be honest, it depends on our mood sometimes, right? Well, the mood of the word doesn't change. The response of the word doesn't change. Put this in you. Start today, January 1st, 2023. At some point today, go read this first thing here. You can even, if you like, check marks. Put it on paper. You can check it off. There's a little box beside it, but you don't have to check it off. You can just read it and, and uh, get it on the inside of you. It will change your life. Okay, so with that challenge out there, what we're going to do here for the rest of the service is I'm going to tell you some of the things that you're going to read about yourself in here. Finding yourself in the Word is a powerful, powerful thing that you can do. Any believer can do. Uh, there's this story in the Bible, Josiah. Some of you know who he is, probably one of the youngest kings ever to rule in Israel. Uh, at the time he became ruler, I believe he was eight years old. Maybe he was a little bit older, eight, I think, just off the top of my head here. Uh, he, uh, people had stopped worshiping God, mostly in the kingdom. They, they built idols, temples to false gods. And, and most people in Israel were not living and serving God, their God, Jehovah, our God. And Josiah basically had a spring cleaning. Like, really, I know this sounds like a joke, but he basically said, hey, let's clean up this, this castle. Let's clean up this, this place. And one of the priests found an old dusty book, and it was the book of the law that hadn't been read for years. It hadn't been picked up for years. Everybody who was alive had basically forgotten about it. We're talking about the, the Torah, the first the first books of the Bible, prophets that had lived, their words. And he says, read it to me. So the scribe comes in and reads it. And 300 years earlier, a prophet said, a king named Josiah will restore worship to this land. He'll tear down the idols. He'll destroy the false temples. And he will bring relationship with Jehovah back to our people. He heard his own name read out loud written 300 years before. He tore his clothes in repentance, and then he did exactly what it said he was going to do. Exactly.
be written in here letter for letter yes, that Jesus supplied for you is your promise and your name is written on it. Your name is written on John 3.16. God so loved Tom that he gave his only son that if Tom would believe in him, he would not perish but have everlasting life. Your name is written in 1 Peter 2.24 by the stripes of Jesus, Tony, Sandy were healed. Your name is written in the book of Isaiah by his wounds. He was wounded. And Sharon and Lisa and Brandon were healed. Your name is written in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against Devon and Laney and Cohen will prosper. Your name is written all over the word. But you got to get in there and find it. When Josiah heard his name read out loud, he did exactly what it said he would do. Some of us are right on the edge of living the way the word says we can live. Here is the deciding factor. You got to find yourself in here. You got to make it personal. You got to make it personal. As a pastor, there is nothing I love more when, than when somebody who has uh, asked me if they can lead a group or start a prayer meeting starts to take ownership over that thing they are doing. It's not just, yeah, I'm serving the church, I'm opening the doors, I'm, I'm, I'm leading a prayer meeting. But when, this, when a person says, no, no, this is what I have in my heart, and I'm taking ownership of it. This, that is what I love more than anything. Because then you don't just have somebody serving the church. And you've got a partner, you've got a friend who's walking beside you, serving side by side. And there's so many of us that haven't quite taken ownership of what the word says we have, who it says we are, and what it says we can do yet. And all we're waiting on is hearing our name read from this thing, putting our name, stamping our name on those promises, and saying, that is me. No more am I a person who deals with fear and anxiety, but my name is written in the book of Timothy, and it says that God has not given BJ a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Your name is on that. You might as well take your Bible and put your name on every page. Why not? Why not? We have a God that has been after personal relationship with us from the very beginning. I don't buy it when people say this thing isn't a personal thing. This is written to a, a, a different group of people. This is about a different day and age. You know what? There's plenty of that in there. But this is written to me. This is mine. This is yours. You got to know what it's about. You got to know what it's about, right? Pick it up. Put it on the inside. You can start here with this one-year plan. And I'm telling you, you won't stop here. This will just be the start. It will put a love for the word in your heart like you've never had. And, and, and here's the point. Psalm 78, verse 41 through 43. This was one of my dad's favorites. And they turned their back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We have a limitless, unlimited God, yet this verse says the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, how can you do that? How can you limit a limitless God? It goes on. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zalm. They limited God by not remembering what he had done, who he was, his words. We still limit 
God in our lives by not knowing who he is, what he's done. This is your testimony. This is your testimony. Take it and own it. So here, for the next 15-ish minutes, I'm going to tell you a little bit what you'll see in here during your reading in the form of you finding yourself in the Word. We're going to talk about who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, and how to get that stuff operating, which we've already talked about a little bit. But who are you in Christ? We're going to hit some of these kind of quickly, and it's going to be super encouraging. I hope you're ready for that. I hope you want to be encouraged. This is your warning. If you would not like to be encouraged, I'm going to give you a second. Nobody's going to judge. You can stand up. You can make your way out. I'm going to count to ten. I'll even close my eyes. You ready? Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Ten seconds is so long when you're counting down. Five. Four. Okay, open my eyes. Three. Two. One. Okay, every head bowed, every eye closed. That means if you're here still, I'm assuming you would like to be encouraged. So listen up. You will be encouraged. Number one, here's what you're going to read actually kind of early on, possibly February, March. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not below. You are a lender, not a borrower. Those are three really good things. You are a leader, not a follower. That's the fourth one. That's written in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 28, 12, and 13. Yes, God is speaking to someone that maybe was named something different than you. His name was Joshua. But you know what the word says in the New Testament? That those promises that God made to the family of Joshua are yours today because as a New Testament believer, we have been grafted into that family, it says. And in Galatians 3.29, listen to this. Now you belong to Christ. You are the true children of Abraham. You're his heirs. And God's promises to Abraham belongs to you. That's in the word. So you're saying, well, that was a promise made to Joshua, not to me. That was a promise made to you. God said it out loud to Joshua. He said, you need to know who you are. And now through Christ, that's who you are as well. So you know what this does? It's not just, oh, magically, okay, now it says I'm a leader, so I'm a leader. It says I'm a head, not the tail. That means all of a sudden I'm the head. No, this is giving you an invitation into a new way of thinking if you've never seen yourself this way before. This gives you an invitation into making every decision in 2023 through the lens of I'm a leader, not a follower. I don't have to go the way everybody else is going because I'm a leader. Leaders go sometimes the opposite way. This is a good time to go the opposite way of what a lot of the things we're seeing. We can make our decisions through this. When we go to the cash register and we think, I don't really have the money to buy this, but it's okay, I have a credit card. And you might think, but you know what? That's borrowing. And the word says, I'm a lender, not a borrower. I will refrain from this thing I don't really need. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself out of debt and able to give to everybody around you who needs help. Not give money you don't have on credit. Give money you actually have. It'll be a new way of living for so many people, and it will be powerful. That's who you are. You'll read about it. Here's what else you got. What you put your hand to will prosper. Today, when you read Psalm chapter 1, you're going to read that. It says in Psalm chapter 1 that a righteous man, <clears throat> somebody who delights in the law of the Lord, well, I'm not righteous. Yes, you are through Jesus. You'll read that too. Once you get to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, you'll read that you're righteous because Jesus is righteous. God does not look at you and think, how good has, how good has Stephen been this last month? No, he looks at you and he says, Jesus is righteous and I 
righteous because of Jesus. And here's what it says, that if you delight in the law of the Lord, you're like a tree planted by the water, bearing fruit every season, and you will prosper in everything you do. Another translation says that anything you put your hands to will prosper. That means in 2023, you're going to have some creative idea, and you're going to have this thought that comes against you, maybe out of you, but also could just come against you. And you're going to say, wait a minute, I don't want to take that risk. What if I fail? What if it goes wrong? That thought has kept you down and kept you from doing that for years. But this year, you're going to have this thought, this creative thought. And you're going to say, okay, I'm like a tree planted by the water. And when I put my hand to something, it's going to prosper. And you're going to launch that business that you've been thinking about. You're going to launch that creative idea. You're going to do it. You're going to do it for the first time. And you're going to see yourself prosper. Does that mean you'll never fail? Nope, but that means even when you mess up, even when things don't go right, you're going to find success in that. All the greatest coaches have always said it's only a failure. A loss is only a failure if you don't learn something, if you don't get up and move on. So sorry, Ohio State and Michigan. It's only, it's only a failure if you don't learn from it and move on. I can say that because none of my teams ever win either, so. Oh, man. What you put your hands to will prosper. That's a promise for you. We just mentioned this one. You're righteous because of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.21. That's why we're righteous. Not because we're good. It's never been about us. It's about Jesus. It is about Jesus. So on the days you mess up, on the days you feel less than, on the days you feel like, how can God love me? And you're going to remember, wait a minute. I am righteous because of Jesus. I am in good standing with God on my worst day because of Jesus. When our focus is Jesus, we sang about, you know what be lifted up means? We sang that song, be lifted up. I had a friend one time that said, what, what does that even mean? Is that like just a picture of, I don't know, hoisting Jesus up on our shoulders and parading him through a street? And I said, I think it's more of a, a mental thing where we are lifting him up above anything that we're going through, above our own circumstances. We don't look at the circumstance and think, oh my gosh, this is too big. What am I going to do? No, we look at Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus. You got to answer for everything I'm going through. It's about a mindset. It's about a mindset. When you magnify the Lord, he looks bigger. Everything else looks smaller. That's what a magnifying glass does. Everything you're looking through looks bigger. Everything around it looks smaller. Magnify the Lord. Magnify him. Lift him up. And we always can do that because we are righteous because of him. That is how God, that is how God relates to us. And when we can get set free of thinking that we're just lowly dirt worms that God has no time for, it will change your life. Not only has he made a way through Jesus to have relationship with you at all times, he wants it. He longs for it. He wants to be around you more than you want to be around you, right? How many of us can relate to this? I get tired of myself sometimes, right? I'm sitting around, and I'm like, am I really feeling this way again? Am I really doing this stupid thing again? I'm so tired of being around myself. I don't understand how God never gets tired of being around me. I get tired of being around me, right? Lisa said amen. My wife just said amen on the front row. But thank God for his unconditional love. He never gets tired of me. He never gets tired of you. Not on our worst day. Not on the most apathetic day. 
just wants you to be with him. Why? Because here's another one. You are a friend of God. In John 15, 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I now call you friends. And then he said, and here's why. Because a master doesn't tell a servant everything he's thinking, but I am now telling you everything. I'm now confiding everything in you. Do you know what everything is? Well, this is everything right here. It's written down. It's in black and white. Put it on the inside of you and act like a friend of God because that's who you are. you got to act like it. He's acting like it. He's your friend. He said, I've given you everything. I've told you everything. Have a conversation. You can talk out loud to him. That's called prayer. You can read this. This is his words, right? Write him a letter. He wrote you a big, long one. Write him one back. Start a little journal. You are a friend of God. So 2023, instead of cowering away from his presence, instead of pulling away from your church family, instead of pulling away from from prayer time and time in his word when things are going wrong, draw into him. That was one of the major differences between David and everybody else who lived around David's time. He was no longer a man of God's own heart. If you read his story and all the stories of the men and women in the Old Testament, for the most part, when they messed up, they would run far away from God because they were afraid of what might happen if they interacted with the God after messing up. David would mess up just like everybody else, in some ways worse than others. He was guilty of murder, adultery, but he would run straight to God every time because he knew that God is a God who delights in showing mercy. He is a God who delights in being slow to anger and quick to love. And David would go straight to him. You know, as parents, me and Lisa always say our goal with our kids is not that they never mess up, but it's that when they do make mistakes, they know it's safe to come to us and talk about it. And at this point, that's what they do. We talk about everything. We talk about mistakes. We talk about success. We talk about failures. We talk about uh, great victories. We talk about it. And God's the same way. He's even better parents than you are. He's better parents than Lisa and I are. He's a better parent than you have. Not only that, are you a child of God? You're friends, and he wants to have this ongoing conversation. How about this one? We're going to put three in one here because I'm already running low on time. You're blessed, you're healed, and you're a child of God. You're not trying to get blessed. You're not trying to get healed. I know that is a little bit tilt for some people. You might think, what do you mean I'm not trying to get healed? I'm dealing with the sickness right now. I'm dealing with the injury right now. Well, we can talk a whole lot more about it. I love to talk a whole lot more about it. Stick around, and we will dive into that this year. We have a discipleship class where we also dive into that. But let me just make it, uh, uh, put this in a very simple way that might, again, might raise more questions in you. Uh, but the questions are really good. God's not afraid of your questions, right? I'm not afraid of questions that my friends ask me. Uh, there's not just a flesh part of you. The part you see, the part that feels that sickness, the part that experiences that injury, that's not all of who you are. There is a part of you that lives forever, right? This body is not going to live forever. I got a spirit, and it's going to live forever in heaven. This body is going to rot in a grave, right? That's what's going to happen. There's a part of you that is 100% healed, 100% blessed at all times. We're not trying to get God to bless us, to heal us. We're trying to get those promises that are alive on the inside of us in our spirit, active on the outside of us in our body. That is a a great secret, and that's one of the things the Word does, right? Those promises, healing, blessing, uh, uh, 
clarity of mind, that you have the mind of Christ, having a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind over fear, right? These aren't just things that, that instantly happen in our body, in our flesh. No, they're like seeds on the inside of us. Every promise that God has made is like a seed on the inside of the believer. And what do seeds need? They need water. They need a good environment. They need sunlight. Word is the water. This is like watering those seeds on the inside. Because when you find your name written in this book of life and you say, wait, 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes I was healed, you find it. You take ownership and you start to use the authority you've been given because you have authority. And instead of saying, Lord, please heal me, you start to speak to those things that are coming against you. Cancer, you've got to get out of my body in Jesus' name. Uh, COVID-19, you have no right to be in my body. Jesus took COVID-19 on the cross, right? Flu, disease, whatever it is. Instead of saying, Lord, please heal me, you begin to speak with authority to the mountain and you see it moved and cast into the sea because you are blessed, Philippians 4, 19. You are healed, 1 Peter 2, 24. You're a child of God, Galatians 3, 26. You're not orphans, you're not alone. You are a child of God. And what do you have in Christ? Ephesians 1, chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 3. This is a great verse. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with, can we read this one together? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Let's just read that whole verse again. Verse 3, ready? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united in Christ. I'm not just telling you this. This isn't just a theory. This isn't just a theology. That is the word. That is straight from the book of Ephesians. And here's what it says. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Does sickness exist in the heavenly realms? How many of you are going to sit here and argue and say, well, people get sick in heaven? I don't see any instance of that. I can't find that in the word. There's no sickness in heaven. How much is there death in heaven? There's not death in heaven. Is there fear, anxiety in heaven? No. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And this is great. It goes on in chapter 2. Ephesians says this, verse 6. He has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. There is a part of you, your spirit, that is 100% united with the Holy Spirit right now. And if the Holy Spirit is not sick, your spirit is not sick. And if the Holy Spirit is not in fear and anxiety, that means your spirit is not dealing with fear and anxiety, right? That is the spirit within you that is power, love, and a sound mind. So we're not saying, Lord, please do this for me. We start to read this. We find our name in it. We find who we are. And we start to say, well, who does this sickness think it is trying to attack my body? I'm a child of God. I am blessed. I, I, I'm, I'm built and made to prosper like a tree planted by the water. I'm a leader, not a follower. I'm the head, not the tail. You've got to get out of me. Get out of my body, and you're going to find yourself walking in healing on accident more than you ever walked in on purpose. Walking in peace of mind on accident more than you ever have on purpose. Having clarity, hearing the voice of God clearly. These are promises, and this is the path that Jesus paved for the believers to be able to have. In the middle of a world where so many things are crazy and congested, uh, and we get news updates more than anybody on earth should ever get news updates, right? We know what's happening in every part of the world, and there's people who carry the weight of 
issue this world has on their own shoulders. We were never meant to carry that weight, right? We're meant to pray. We're meant to be the solution, right, to these issues as the church. That has to be led by the Holy Spirit. And remember, if the burden feels heavy, that's not the burden of the Lord. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You're seated in heavenly places. That's an important word because that is a place of rest. In other words, you're not in heavenly places trying to get this stuff. You're seated. You're at a table. You're seated because it's rest. Galatians 5.22 says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Not you. You don't produce it. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like every other promise of God, that is true of your spirit. That is true of you. It is on the inside of you like a seed. The word is like water. There's a plant in the modular. We don't water it for three or four days, and that thing looks dead. We pour a bottle of water on it when we get here on Wednesdays. Within an hour or two, it perks up and looks awesome, right? What are we like without the word of God inside of us on a daily basis? Some of us are like this plant. We're alive, but we ain't looking too good, right? But this is the water. This will get your leaves and your stems perking up. This will get... Uh, victory where there has been defeat working in your life. It's the word. It's the word. And I've said this a whole lot in the past few months. If your response is, how can it be that simple? My response is, has your way worked yet? If it hasn't, just give it a try. Give the word a try. My pastor, man, he'll give the word a try. Pastor Dean always tells this story about Brother Randy. We love Brother Randy. And Brother Randy was addicted cocaine and pastor dean says randy you've been my friend for a long time i want you to give me six weeks come to church for six weeks spend some time with me in my office we're going to read the word and in six weeks if you still want cocaine you can put a line on my desk and we'll just do it together that's a pretty bold move right there that's a pretty bold move and i'll tell you one thing about pastor dean he's a man of his word i mean i cannot imagine him ever doing something that he said he wasn't going to do or not doing something he said he was going to do but you know what? He was confident in the word. And Brother Randy gave Pastor Dean six weeks, and they spent time together in the word. He came to church, and after six weeks, he said, Pastor Dean, I don't want this stuff. I never want this stuff again in my life. And they did not do cocaine together because the word changed Brother Randy. It was years and years of trying things on his own, but it was the word. Pastor Dean's not magic. I'm not magic. It's word. This is the difference maker. This is what separates you from the world, right? You understand salvation has been supplied for every person, whether they get into the word or not. Hopefully they'll receive it, right? The word says you got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. It's been supplied. Obviously, not everybody receives it, and that's tragic. That's the worst tragedy I can imagine. But it's available for everybody. People that say yes to Jesus, that believe, some never get into the word. you got Christians that live in defeat, but they don't have to. You have Christians that live in depression. I'm just going to say it. You don't have to. I don't care if it's chemical or if it's or if it's anything else. I mean, I do care. That's a, that's a harsh phrase. I care about you. I care about your life. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter what kind of depression it is. As a believer, we can walk in victory. We can live in victory over it and every other thing. 
difference is the word. There's no such thing as a super Christian. Benny Hinn, Joel Osteen, uh, Bill Johnson, Andrew Womack. These guys don't live on a seemingly different plane of existence because God blesses them more than he's blessed all of us because they're out there preaching good because they have the platform. No, God is no respecter of persons and the word doesn't work for them and not for you. The difference is the word. Andrew Womack will tell you that he spends hours every day in the word, right? Billy Graham has said before he died that if he could do things different, he would focus his ministry less on salvation and more on discipleship. Because for all these millions of people that receive Jesus, so many never get into the word and see a difference in their life. Right? It's very, very important. The word is the difference. If you're seeing somebody, why God, why them and not me? Maybe eight out of ten times, here's the answer. It's the word. They got the word working in their life. And in some areas, we just don't sometimes. It's that simple. It's not God. We're not waiting for him to do it. No, we're waiting on ourselves to find ourselves in here. You're in here. This is a great way to start finding yourself. One year, read the entire Bible. It's going to uh, lead you to branching out more than you ever have in the word as well. Especially if you have like a good old-fashioned like chain reference Bible and you read the Old Testament and right beside it, there's a little star and you look at the star and it says, Jesus said this in the book of Matthew chapter 14. You turn it and you read Jesus quoting something from here and you start to connect all these dots in your mind and you start to understand this. And you'll never say again, I would read the Bible, I just don't understand it. Man, you do it, find it. Some of you, what translation do you use? Whatever you like. I love the New Living Translation. I read it a lot. It's a great translation. Okay, you are everything the word says you are. You are a child of God. You are a friend of God. Let's all stand. You are the head and not the tail. The band can come up. You are above and not below. You are a leader, not a follower. You are a lender, not a borrower. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. You are saved by the blood of Jesus. You have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Anxiety and fear have no place in your life. You are blessed beyond measure and according to God's glorious riches. That supply does not run dry. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The promises go on and on. You'll read them on every page. You are a father, a mother. You are somebody's brother. You're somebody's sister. Those have an awesome set of responsibilities to come with those, and you are capable of every one of them because of who you are in Christ. I love that we started this service and this year off singing all your promises are yes and amen. Don't just sing it because it's pretty and don't mean it, right? It's not saying, God, please tell me your promises are yes and amen. No, that was a declaration of us saying, God, your promises are yes and amen. I believe it, right? You're on the pages of that Bible. You're on those pages. Open it up daily. Find yourself in the Word. Watch your life line up like never before with all those things that God says you are. Right? Amen.
check everything he's saying and look at it in the word reach out I'll send you my notes I got all these references that I didn't get to go over you can go over it one